Hello again, friends, and welcome to another weekly edition of Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk, where we talk the wrestling. I am Chris O'Mealy, and he is Dan Peck. We talk the wrestles? We talk the wrestles. We don't wrestle the talk? Uh, I guess we could do that. Well, who knows? Maybe we can. Shall we wrestle the talk? Wrestle the talkies? Wrestling. Well, yes. Why not? Yes. <laughs> Wrestling talkies? Yes. Our combination show. If we ever brought back talking talkies, which I have considered putting up on our patron page the entire run. I might do that. Uh, I think people would like that. So do like a new episode every week, maybe two or three episodes till we get caught up. But yes, uh, this is Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk. This is our 374th episode. Uh, before we get into this week's episode, I want to let you guys know something. Now, I'm not going to tell you the exact details of what's happening because I'm still working out one or two little minute things that have to get taken care of. However, patrons, you guys are going to get the actual announcement on the patron show this week. And I, I assume everybody listens to this show first and the patron show second. That seems to be the consensus here. So that's your, your big teaser to look forward to. Uh, the next week or two, I'll give the rest of you guys the announcement. There's still like one more I I got a dot and one more T I got a cross kind of deal. But we're making some big programming announcements coming forward for 2021 to really grow CKCC Radio. Make it bigger and better and badder. Well, Badder in the, the cool sense, not actually worse. I mean, I don't think we can do worse, right? I mean, we got Jason Shin hosting a show. Jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Check out his show and all the other great shows on the channel here. Uh, really cool stuff from this past week. A brand new J-Bunny's Music Hub just went up. Another Charlie Corletta interview. That's been his big go-to right now with the pandemic here. But they've all been really fun interviews. The latest Motivational Moves with Adrian Cotton dropped the first Monday of the month, which was this past Monday. So you got your Motivational Moves there. A new Real Paranormal Talk with Dustin Parry from Ghost Hunters being interviewed by Jeff Trelowitz. Part 1 and Part 2 will be out in two weeks' time from that episode because it will have a special ranking tracks coming out this week. A Halloween-themed one. And the Board to Death binge cast is doing their horror cast even more so. And even... They still kick Jay out? <laughs> yeah, Jay. Jay back. Nah, Jay, Jay Dunn got booted for that one. Get out of here. They done, they done booted him. And then, of course, uh, the last race nerd was about the greatest of all time coming to the cup, which was Michael Jordan's race team. A uh, new episode should be coming out very, very soon. That's a lot of cool stuff that you guys can check out. And, of course, the Nerd Table this past Monday had a very special guest, Dan Peck. Oh. And we talked wrestling and pop culture, and the episode was so damn long, we have to do a follow-up with you because there was just too much damn shit to talk about. But uh, Eric really liked it, and I think we got some very positive reviews from our Club Kayfabe community. But you guys already love us, so I mean, just keep bowing to us, please. Who loves you and who do you love? 
Who do you love? Yeah, yes. But uh, thank you for the positive feedback on that. And this upcoming Nerd Table will have our friend Jeff Trelowitz on it. Another full guest spot, just like with Dan. Not an actual interview. Jeff will be on for the whole show. And you're talking about spooky stuff? Spooky stuff, yes. Uh, three parts, actually. Cryptids, ghosts, and aliens. Ooh. I want to believe. Well, I do believe. But maybe not in the way you think, I believe. I believe ah. in miracles. <laughs> do you believe in love after love? Uh, we could go on a whole freaking thing with that. So, uh, yeah, I guess that answered last week's trivia question. Who was the guest? Actually, couldn't know because the answer to that question is Jeff Trellowitz now. Yes. The, the answer has changed. <laughs> Just when you think you've got the answers. Time has changed. But the next question is, this famous manager had a top five hit song according to Billboard. Ooh, ooh, I know this one. It was actually number one, wasn't it? Uh, U.S., I think it was four. Oh, I thought it hit. I thought it actually was number one in the U.S. But yes, I, actually, if anybody knows this manager's history, you already know who it is. You probably he already... usually he was usually one of the singers, but he does not sing the song, <laughs> which is why it's funny, right? <laughs> that it became number one. <laughs> it was their top hit. The top hit, yeah. But uh, yeah, if you know anything about this manager's history, this is a very musically inclined manager, by the way. I was gonna, I was gonna say something else that he was involved with, but that would actually give away the answer. So, but yeah, uh, yeah, and you might also know the name of the song and the name of the band. But that's this week's trivia question. So let's talk about what's going on in the world of wrestling. First off, that's what we do on this show, so. yes. Uh, this past weekend was NXT TakeOver 31. Uh, good show, but some weird stuff going on. You did not watch, did you? No, I have not. Okay. So, I'll I'll try to explain best I can what was, what was weird about this show. Um, first off, there were two dark matches that I didn't get to see. One of them was a Zia Lee match. And the other was Danny Birch versus Daniel Vidot, which is their uh, former rugby league footballer. Not to be confused with uh, Ridge Holland, who is injured now. Apparently a very serious injury, right? Like an actual di- ankle dislocation? Uh, his ankle all the way up to his knee, completely fucked. Oof. That's a potential career-ending injury, which is not good. Well, we wish him the best, because you don't want to see somebody get hurt right after they just started. Remember when Randy Orton just started, and he got that shoulder injury, and people were like, oh, it's really severe. His career might actually be over. And I was like, holy shit, he just got here. That was a really big deal at the time. The RNN segments. Hey, you know what? The RNN segments were freaking brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant. Were you watching during the RNN no. era? Nope. Have you seen them, though? A couple of them. 
Yeah, they're pretty. They're actually pretty good. Because he was, he was the freaking white toast baby face. And they had no direction for him other than he's Bob Orton's son. And he had, like, super generic music. And, you know, he did drop kicks and stuff. Bob Holly put him over. And he wasn't really doing anything. And he gets a shoulder injury. And then when he came back, he just had this smarmy-ass delivery with how they did it. And by the time he came back, he was a full-fledged heel. And then they were like interrupt matches and segments people wanted to actually see, and he'd be like, "My uh, rehab on my shoulder is going well." It's good. I'll heel. See you sooner rather than later. It's actually really good heel shit. And then they're like, "We're going to put him in Evolution," and then freaking Batista got hurt, so he actually got his his big chance to shine. Because for a, a really long time at the beginning, Evolution was just the three man deal. Well, evolution is a mystery. I love the uh, the documentary where they were just like, yeah, we were supposed to have Mark Jindrak in there, but he was a big douchebag. So we decided, yeah, we're going to go with Batista. Full of chains that no one sees. So yeah, uh, TakeOver 31. First off, the opening match was really fucking good. It was Damian Priest defending the North American Championship against Johnny Gargano. Gargano is an excellent worker. Damian Priest is really coming into his own at this Damian Priest character. I thought they had a phenomenal match. I really liked it. And I would look forward to seeing more matches between them. I think that Damian Priest going over was probably the correct answer. So I have nothing bad to say about it. Very good match. Um, I don't want to see Velveteen Dream anymore, even wrestling Kushida. So I was kind of meh about this match. What was really funny was Kushida gets him to tap out with the armbar and then turns heel by continuing to keep the armbar on and breaks his arm. What's funny about that is everybody's follow-up was... How is Kushida the heel by breaking a child toucher's arm? And I kind of giggled at that. So that was, yeah, that was, that was Dream and Kushida. Um, I think that Santos Escobar and Isaiah Swerve Scott had a pretty good match. Nothing really to write home about. Your typical cruiserweight affair. I think that Swerve probably should have gone over here. But I haven't really been watching NXT on the weekly like I used to. So I don't have much follow-up for this one either. The women's championship match was pretty good. And had a very shocking ending. So I'll kind of... I'll kind of break it down for how this this went down. So you have... The big hype was Shotzi Blackheart was doing promos for their upcoming Halloween Havoc NXT special at the end of the month, right? Yeah. Okay. So you get your women's match, which is Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. The way they built it, I really think Candice should have gone over and won the title from her. But the follow-up kind of put it in a different direction here. So Io retains and Tony Storm comes on the Titantron and she's like, 
just so you know, I'm back and I'm coming after that title. And suddenly it kicks to somebody riding in on a motorcycle. So what's your immediate instinct there? Oh, well, that's Tony Storm coming in right now. And then you're just like, well, wait a minute. It's Victoria. It's Shotzi Blackheart because they were just doing the promos with her, right? Nope. It was Ember Moon making her return, and I freaking marked out for it. So Ember Moon is back, and I'm very, very happy to see her back. And they're doing the right thing with her. They're putting her back in NXT. That way she'll actually be used properly. So no no complaints there whatsoever. And then... In one of the best matches that I have seen all year in professional wrestling, even though it got a little bloody and a little violent, Finn Balor defended his championship against Kyle O'Reilly in an excellent fucking match. And Kyle started losing teeth, right? Uh, yeah, Finn's jaw is dislocated and Kyle lost a bunch of teeth. Yeah, it was... Uh... Chicken each other in the mouth, dude. But the match is excellent. Absolutely excellent. Between two guys who know what the hell they're doing. And they looked great. They had a great match. They kept the focus on each other. <laughs> they got definitely got a little hard hitting at times. And then the unfortunate part was the uh the Ridge Holland ending where he appears at ringside and he's got an unconscious Adam Cole just slung over his shoulder and just drops him and walks off with O'Reilly Roddy Strong and Bobby Fish like freaking the fuck out like what the hell is happening here so that's the unfortunate part of the Rich Holland storyline was he was probably going to be in a really big angle with Adam Cole and now we're not going to get to see that But otherwise, I thought TakeOver 31 was pretty good. I would recommend it. If nothing else, Dan, I would definitely tell you to watch that Finn Balor-Kyle O'Reilly match. I think you'll really like it. Really good match. Really good. I will take it under advisement. (laughs) By the way, I noticed this because somebody pointed this out on Twitter, but Vic Joseph's there in person, and Wade Barrett and Beth Phoenix are like, doing it remotely but if you look at the camera they actually have sit-ins yeah they have people people doing the sit-in seat fillers basically yeah and they have looked the headphones on and they're looking at the monitors (laughs) the really method so yeah they're they're good method actors give them credit today as we record this episode it is october the 9th The birthday of our club member, Mike Simsack. Mm Mm-hmm. But also, the late, great Eddie Guerrero. Uh, How old would he have been today, Dan? Uh, 53. 53. Real shame. It's definitely lost him way too early. What what are some of your favorite Eddie Guerrero career moments? Mm. Well, I wasn't watching when he won the title. That's probably my favorite. Died. He died like six months after I started walking again. Oh, that's rough. 
So, uh, you know what I wanted to do for part of the uh, the patron stuff. I was thinking about doing um, first and last, like a like two like back to back specials. I know with Eddie, it's kind of unfortunate because his last would have been a passing. But I was going to do like let's find Eddie's debut in WCW, whatever show he actually debuted on, and watch his first stuff, and then we watch the SmackDown where he competed in his last match, or maybe his like first ever match on Monday Night Raw, if you want to keep it in the same company. Do you like Eddie first, Eddie last? Um, I was thinking about doing something like that with like with someone like Edge, but that would force us to to watch WrestleMania 27, which I really don't want to do. So maybe we just watch that match and not the rest of that awful pay-per-view. But we could find like the the first match that Edge has on a Monday Night Raw and watch that. I wanted yeah. to do that. For, I wanted to do that for The Rock, but The Rock's last match as a full-time wrestler we already reviewed on the Patron show. Because his last true full-time run as a wrestler was that SummerSlam, where he lost the title to Brock because he stopped being full-time after that. But we could find like Rock's debut. We can find Austin's debut as the Ringmaster. There's a lot of fun stuff we can do with that. In November, we're going to cover Taker's debut, so we know we'll have that one covered at least. But as far as Eddie goes, I would say the match with Brock is probably one of the top moments. Um, the WrestleMania 20 ending with him and Benoit standing tall as champions. Eddie's been in some really classic matches I really have enjoyed. I when he love- turned on Ray, like the week after Eminem debuted, and they dropped the titles. Yeah, I was at that. I was at that SmackDown because that was a, that was one of the dual tapings they did SmackDown and Raw at Madison Square Garden. Ah, uh, Super Show. Yep, that uh, was when. Uh, yeah, because they cut their big promo, and Eddie Eddie said that he lives, breathes, and even shits this business. Of course, they bleeped it on TV, but we all kind of popped when he said that. And then here comes Eminem. They have their debut match, and they fucking beat them for the titles. We're like, wow. Also at that Super Show, the Heartthrobs debuted. <laughs> Remember uh, the Heartthrobs? Romeo Roselli and... That other guy. Antonio Thomas. Antonio Thomas? Yeah. Yeah, and then he just, like, rips Ray's mask off, makes him bleed, hits him with a fucking brain buster on the steel steps. And then that... Storyline went to shit. <laughs> yep. The ladder match. That ladder Who match. Who the fuck was Vicky? Which it's, it sucks too because it's a really good match. It's, Motherfucker. That's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life was the Eddie Eddie flipping out because Vicky Mr. Q. <laughs> uh, and you know she's outside the business so you know that there is a person with her at just right there at gorilla and somebody somebody going else to, to push her out there for yes. her cue and they didn't and they even missed it <laughs> did you like the eddie stuff that he did with china the mama Sita i mean stuff? it was fun 
But then it, like, and then it was like Lita and S.A. Rios, and then it was like they're going to the prom, and I'm like, do what now? <laughs> I didn't know that they were old enough to do that. As long as Jerry Lawler's not going to the prom, it's like they're going to the prom. Are you guys high? Possibly. Are you on the Dergs? Uh, I mean, like a lot of things. The inciting incident is interesting, but. The during and sometimes the payoff. I really liked. Uh, I really liked when Eddie made his big comeback to WWE, where he had that feud with Rob Van Dam, Frog Splash versus Frog Splash. They had some really good matches. That was another one that had bullshit interference. Was that ladder match he had with RVD on Raw, where the fucking guy interfered, like the fan, and. Van Dam's like, yeah, for a second I thought it was Crash Holly, but I didn't know why nobody had cued us in that he was interfering. And then I see security taking him out, and then Eddie's just like, yeah, I just punched him in the face. Like, as security's getting through the ropes, Eddie just walks over, socks the guy in the face, and goes back to what he's doing. Yep. Also, I was legit looking forward to Eddie winning the world title the next day when he died that night. Yeah, we all were. I think everybody knew Eddie was getting the title back, too. Because Batista got hurt again, and there was no way. <clears throat> it was a tri- It was a triple threat, too, right? It was, it was... I don't know, but it was like everyone knew Eddie was winning the title on SmackDown that week. Because Batista was hurt and had to, and had to leave. Um, so everyone knew Eddie was going to get his second title. Yeah. So unfortunate. It really is a dismal story too, because he like they had like just bought in their dream house in Arizona. Uh it's like the Owen story. Like he was he was all ready to get out of wrestling. He only had a couple years left. He was gonna settle down with his family. He was really looking forward to it. Like all those stories just they just, they hurt when you really sit there and think about them. But what's uh what's Chavo doing these days? Not working on Glow. I mean, yeah, I guess we might as well talk about that. Yeah, Glow has... Oh, man, I thought that was a genius. That really sucks. Glow has been canceled. Due to the COVID. And that really sucks because we know that it was... uh, The fourth season was going to be the last one, which meant they were going to have a story conclusion. They were in the middle of taping the second episode when they stopped for COVID, and Netflix is saying the the show is incredibly intimate for the uh, actors because there's parts where they got to be in each other's crotches, and <laughs> and they just can't do it. Everyone's upset about it. There is a poll on Change.org. I have signed it because uh, these uh, things have. Uh, gotten shows to come back for a finale before. So even if they only give him like four episodes or something like that, just sign the. There's a petition. I said poll petition. Um, there. And... But you know what? Think about all these shows that have come back and done like a bonus season, like way down the line, or they've done like a big reunion deal or something. So it's not out of the realm of possibility to get Blow the, the uh... movie. I mean, yeah. And I see, like, 
different people are coming out and like like Taya, she was gonna be on. I would have liked that. And she had been on the first episode that got and they were doing second episode and now she's not gonna <laughs> Meanwhile Sasha's just sitting there being like, Yup, I got the Mandalorian and my scenes are already filmed. Like, god damn it. Imagine how things have been bad this year. Imagine next year with nothing coming out. I know. Because nothing, unless it was in post-production when COVID hit, nothing's coming out. (laughs) Nothing's being in, nothing has been filmed this entire time. (laughs) Except for animation. We're still getting animation. We We still, and and now that there's like every network has a show now about meeting on, on Zoom calls. Can you find love on Zoom? Yeah. Uh, it really sucks. I I hate it, but, you know, it's one of those things, and I'm sure things will eventually get back to normal once we're, uh... Yeah. Once we're, uh... Once we're past all this. So, I think we just have... I don't know, man. We're going to ever get past it. I think COVID is just going to be a thing like, hey, you know what? AIDS is always out there and so is cancer. Well, Yet we all live our daily lives. I mean, yeah, but... At we the just same... try not to do the things that get you it. Yeah, but we'll get... There'll be a vaccine at some point. They're working on it. And then once once people start getting vaccinated, it'll end up being like freaking polio. So, tis what it is, what it is. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the Candy Cartwright case. So, she is suing Matt Riddle, Gabe Sapolsky, as well as Evolve and WWE, because they now own Evolve. So, what do you make of this story? I mean, just a couple weeks ago, we talked about Matt Riddle was suing her back, and I guess now she's so. This, this is basically just one of those metaphorical dick swinging contests, I guess. Who's who's like whose lawyer is bigger than whose? Well, if she's actually got WWE involved, then she's losing. Yeah. Uh, so weird. Well, this shit's just so weird to me, but... Like I said, I've said it in the past, I do tend to believe the victims. And in some cases, it's really crappy that it takes them so long to have to come out and say stuff, but... Uh, I just hope that whatever she's doing will get her what she needs and we're not going to see stupid frivolous bullshit what I'm basically saying is let the truth prevail we'll see how that goes uh, yeah, what's... let the truth prevail in a case that we could never know the actual truth that's true too uh, here's something that we might learn the truth about soon Paige among others are actively studying up on unionizing. I saw that. I actually think I retweeted her. Because 
I am very closely following uh, Andrew Yang's Twitter account when he mentions Vince and WWE. He has definitely got his eye on them, and if Biden gets elected and he gets that cabinet position, I think he's actually going to go after Vince. And this might be a problem for Vince, because Vince beat the government once, but that was because of bullshit testimony. (laughs) I'm not so sure how he's going to win this one with his independent... This one doesn't need any testimony. No, it's literally just, can we see how you conduct business? And can we have some lawyers look over how this works without your lawyers you interfering? You need to look at a contract. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and and you know what? Vince McMahon would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for him being a fucking asshole and doing this thing with the Twitch and Cameo. I think that... It's one of those things where he's going to he really wants to die on that hill and he act, he might actually die on that hill. I think this one he can't he can't win because it's not going to be it's not based on testimony. It's literally based on documents. Yeah. So Yeah, he better better watch his ass cuz the second somebody puts that inquiry in regardless of the outcome of the election or anything else, all it's going to take is for somebody to look at it. And that, it's not like it's going to fuck over the company. It's just going to fuck over the way that they do their current business. They'll have to restructure how they contract people. They won't be able to get away with so much shit. And then maybe, just maybe, they'll have happier employees. Because they'll also have like half as much money in the company. Well. It's going to cost them so much money. Yep. Good lord. Um, we do have we have gotten word that Jazz has officially announced her retirement. We also have learned that EC three is going to Ring of Honor. Yep, there's some videos going around That's announcing awesome. him. And uh, why don't you go ahead? We'll we'll tie in our AEW and New Japan news. Dan, why don't you take us into right, what's so we'll happening? Do, we'll, over do, there. we'll do the New Japan slash AEW news. Uh, as discussed last week on the show, Harold Mage, or as the week before, uh, he's stepping down as the president of New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, effective like in the twenties of this month, and someone else taking over. And many people believe, or led to believe, that he was the reason why. <clears throat> them and AEW haven't gotten along so far that he took it, I guess, a little too personally. And now that he's going to be gone, people are hoping for better. And signs are already showing because Tanahashi was on Dynamite this week via VIA Satellite. Satellite. <laughs> um, Throwback. Because it was Jericho's 30th anniversary show. 30 years in wrestling. Chris Jericho. Uh, Tanahashi gave him a little video thing congratulating him. So, and he was there in front of the and the NJPW logo and everything. And so things are looking better. And now lots of AEW wrestlers are tweeting about being excited about possibly being in tournaments and stuff. 
because one of the things New Japan also did this week is they announced that they are still doing Tag League at the end of the year, but because we missed Best of Super Juniors, they're going to do Best of Super Juniors at the same time. So as Tag League, so November and December is going to be fucking hype. So with Tag this, League and Super Juniors. Th- this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, but I don't see any reason why with restrictions being somewhat limited on things, why we can't start getting TV and movies back, right? Because I mean, wouldn't the whole thing just be like you get the people in, you make sure that no sports, sports bubble thing, right? You Put them somewhere secluded. Test them every day. Right. If you ever taste test negative, you kick them out. Wait till they positive. test positive twice in a row. Well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that's I, the I know fucked up thing, right? Positive means a negative outcome, but a negative means a positive outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I mean, that's the way to do it, right? And if something requires a large crowd or whatever, then... You just scan the hell out of it. Maybe even get them into like an isolation or something, and be like, "All right, you, you're gonna, you guys are gonna come to the set. You have to be on set for this long. We're gonna make sure that you're okay, you know. And then we'll film everything once we know that everybody's doing doing good. I I don't see any problem with that because New Japan's got it going on pretty good. They're, they're running at just under half, I think, capacity. But here's the thing. If you're starting to sit people every other seat, it actually looks more like a full place. Yeah. If they're every other seat. Whereas you have everybody on one side, you, if you shoot anywhere else, you could clearly see there's a huge swath of empty space. So there's hope for us here to have uh, some AEW people come to New Japan. Maybe some New Japan people come to AEW every once in a while. Should be cool. We are still in the midst of the G1 Climax Tournament. Everyone has had six matches. There are three to go. We just had four days in a row. So that's freaking sweet. A block. Four guys at eight points. Jay White. Will Ospreay. Kota Ibushi and Okada. Uh, we then have four guys at six, and it is Ishii, Suzuki, Taichi, and Shingo, and then Jeff Cobb at four, and Yujiro is at zero. At B block, Naito at ten, then Evil's at eight, and then a bunch of guys are at six. It's Tanahashi, Goto, Yano, Sonata, ZSJ, and Juice, Kenta's at four, and Yoshihashi is at two. Mooning Naito is close to winning the block. Three shows left. Next show is tonight. As we record this. Yes. By the time some people listen to this, the show will have already happened. Yes. It will be Saturday. Saturday. A 4 a.m. my time. Then on the 11th is another show. That's at 5 a.m. 13th, 
and 14th, 5.30. So I am not staying up for any of them. <laughs> Why not? Come on, man. You got to put that Japanese wrestling first, man. Hell no. So you think that... uh. I, I think that it would be foolish for AEW and New Japan to not have a working relationship, right? I think, and I think they, I think they want to get it done quick because imagine some of those AEW tags and those AEW juniors in tag league and super juniors. And I've said this before, and st- everybody can stop throwing stones about it, but Kenny Omega's best work was in New Japan against New Japan talent. I have not seen him wrestle one good match stateside in All Elite Wrestling. The last time I saw him wrestle a match that I really enjoyed was in New Japan. I think he needs to wrestle New Japan talent to have his great matches. And I said the same thing about the Young Bucks. And I stand by that. I think this is a big positive. FTR tearing it up in tag league oh yeah again and like kip sabian and and guys like that will osprey like yeah dude kip sabian versus will osprey and i would love to see that yeah (laughs) so i hope that probably as soon as as soon as the end of this month they're gonna get those guys in and they're gonna be and think about all like the the ex-wwe talent that they've recently acquired um matt cardona bro matt cardona's already done hero Oh, he's already done. Yeah. That was that was quick. But yeah, but imagine some of those guys now they get to wrestle someone like imagine Miro taking on someone like Ishii or Toru Yano. Yeah, Miro could like really bust it up with those never guys, but Ishii and Goto and Cobb and all them. Oh, that's gonna be great. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it would be foolish to not have that partnership because that's gonna that's gonna be a big strength gather not just for AEW, but to keep them competitive. I mean, let's well, New Japan's trying to get over here. Then, like you know, COVID happened, so like anything over here has just been guys that are local to the area, and then they just been bringing in other indie guys that probably aren't even guys they would probably bring in normally. Just because they need bodies, you know. But that's gonna be huge. It's gonna be fun to see who show, if if they do it, who shows up for tag league and super juniors, and then next year see like who comes in for you know like the turn, you know, like uh, New Japan Cup next year and stuff like that, or who they send for a Wrestle Kingdom match. You know, it'd be fun. I'll have to uh, it maybe load up. 2K20, um, probably stream that or maybe go back to 2K19 on my PC and see how many creator wrestlers I can acquire. But maybe we can do a, uh, we can simulate some New Japan versus AEW matches. We'll get like a guy f- from each company and then we'll do it like in a point system. Like, okay, so here's Kip Sabian and here's Will Ospreay. And then, oh, Will Ospreay won the match. So now New Japan's up a point and we'll. We could do like a whole booking thing with that. I always kind of wanted to do that as like a, like take WWE NXT guys, combine AEW New Japan guys, and then have like your your NWA Ring of Honor and Impact talents because they all kind of 
coincide together and then have like a tournament of triple threats have like a rep in each one and be like all right so who's gonna come out on top and choose like some of your best guys your your big talents and everything that'd be a lot of fun to do to work on put some streams up for that we can call the matches and everything what do you think could have a ton of fun with that have a ton of fun with that and if i do it with the uh with my new video editor i can i'll just silence everyone's music and i can add the music in and as long as we're talking over it we can't get hit with copyright so we can have everyone's music accurate and it also took uh what's his what's his face uh fire pro long enough to come up with custom music i'm actually surprised they waited that long but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how Retromania goes. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll use that as the sim device. I mean, Fire Pro, it's too easy because you can get everything in there. It's kind of fun to use the game with the the better graphics. So, but who knows? I might just say screw it and get a No Mercy ROM going on the PC and just put everybody in there. Because then you can have like forty man Royal Rumbles and shit. And set them however you want. Pinfall submission. You can actually simulate an Aztec Warfare match. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, we used to do the first Blood Royal Rumbles. Those were fun. We need we need more customization wrestling games. Somebody There's needs... a famous Last Blood Battle Royal story in McFoley's first book. Because uh-huh. he was talking about a show where he was going to be, like, in the main event, and it was, like, the big storyline, and he was going to bleed a lot in the match. And he told the booker and everybody to make... Don't have anybody bleed on the show. If anybody bleeds, it's got to be a hard way, and it's still going to suck. But it needs to be important when I bleed in the main event. And then he's sitting backstage, and he sees the first match, and a guy comes back in. He's got a little bit of blood on him. And he's like, huh? Next guy comes back in, he's got a little blood on him. And he's like, what? Another guy comes back in, he's got blood. And he's like, what is going on? He's like, we're having the last blood battle royal. If you bleed, you leave. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> so they just they started, they started the show with like 20 guy, 20 man battle royal on 19 of them have to gig. That's nuts. That's so insane. That's hysterical to see. Oh my god. Alrighty. Alright. Uh, so let's tell our lovely patrons what's happening on their show, other than the big announcement. To Glenn, Jeff, Jay, and Adrian, we thank you guys. You are getting our review of Halloween Havoc 1991. So, what we did was Dan and I were looking for Halloween Havoc to review, and we boiled it down to 91 or 98. And then I kind of just called an audible and was like, you know what, fuck it, I want to do both. So we did 91 this week, and we're going to do 98 on the weekend of October the 30th. That way we got two stuff, two shows in between, so we're not doing a full WCW run. Because we've, we've been watching a lot of WCW on that uh, that patron show. Well, they're the ones that had theme pay-per-views that were themed after the time of year though which makes it easy to remember when they happen (laughs) which is what i like too like okay 
if I was going to do a full on, uh, a full on pay-per-view lineup, I would want to have my big show in December. Because I, I, I like that method better because you're ending the year with your biggest show. But I'd want to do a Rumble and a Survivor Series and a Halloween Havoc, so I'd probably have to mix it up. I'd probably do my Rumble in November so I can get my Halloween Havoc. My Survivor Series would probably be my September event. Um, August would probably still be a SummerSlam type show. And then I'd probably do Money in the Bank in July and King of the Ring in June. So that leaves up five more slots. What other kinds of uh, gimmick pay-per-views are there? Because I don't want to do freaking... I don't want to blow Hell in a Cell and TLC and all the stipulation shit. But what's another gimmick? Like, we could do a King of Trios. That could be one. Yeah, you you center around a tournament, a tournament or two a year. Yeah. Like you have, if you have your major divisions, like my, my always was like, do one classic tournament and do one round robin tournament for each. Yeah. Division. That's a good idea. Um, but that fills up a lot of your year. Well, you can do, you can do an extreme rules slash uncensored type pay-per-view. So you have your extreme in there, right? And that can be the gimmick where everything's a stipulation and you have hardcore shit going on. You can kind of gimmick that up. And then that still leaves you with four other slots. And not that every pay-per-view needs a gimmick, but you can do... I mean, I can't even think of, like, too many other true gimmick pay-per-views, but... I mean, you can do, like, a spring breakout pay-per-view in April. Uh, March, obviously, that would be Mania. But like, like you could do, you know, it was it wasn't a, the great pay per view concept, but you had that New Year's Revolution idea. TNA had New Year's Resolution, so you have your your New Year's show in January. That's like your your start of the year, and then February and March would just probably be generic pay per views to get you going here, and then you start building into all your big shit. I think the next well, the time... idea is to, is to know when things are going to be low and get things that are exciting enough that you're not at the lowest, but not so over the top that you don't make your money back anyway. I'm more I'm more thinking it. about the next time I sim a promotion in a video game. That's probably how I'm going to do it. That's how I'd like to do it anyway. I, I usually go with the tournaments and then space them out through the year and then fill in <laughs> after that. Well, I mean, you have you have Halloween Havoc and... I might have because I do want to do a Survivor Series style style deal, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be able to be November if my big show is in December because I want to have the Rumble as my build up. Because otherwise, then what would the the step of my Rumble be? Unless I start the year with the Rumble and just make it for the title, which is entirely possible. I mean, you can make a tournament be for the title. Yeah. Or you could well, still. You, you always have that number two big of the year pay per view, right? So, summer you could slam. Do a rubble, rubble for that, and then a tournament for the other. The only bad thing is that in the WWE games now, the rumbles always takes place in the Rumble Arena, so you kind of get stuck with that. But yeah, so you could actually have a rumble at 
Money in the Bank, and you'll be at Money in the Bank, and then all of a sudden, main event time, all of a sudden, we're at Royal Rumble. Ay, ay, ay. I know. There's a lot. We're thinking, we're thinking too much. We can't, we can't be doing this thinking thing. <laughs> can't be doing this thinking thing. That's not good for wrestling fans. So, I reached out to our community here, and I asked you guys, since we're in October, to what were some of the good and bad moments involving horror or type characters, matches, things like that, uh, in professional wrestling. Uh, let's reference the old WrestleCrap book of lists as they count down the top four horror movie-themed wrestlers. At number four, of course, is the Vampire Warrior, better known as Gangrel. He was fanging and banging. He had the real-life fangs in there. Uh, they also rip apart Kevin Thorne because they say, how scary is a vampire named Kevin? I mean, at number three was when Mike Krichner, Corporal Krichner, decided to put on the mask and proclaimed himself as Leatherface. However, he very famously did not bring a chainsaw to the ring, but rather a board with a bunch of nails sticking out of it. That might have been good for slaving off Kang and Kodos, but I don't think it really worked well here. Remember when Kirshner died? And then he wasn't dead? And he wasn't dead. Yeah, I, I do remember. Of course, we all know that USWA had Jason and Freddy as a tag team. And they were not very good. <laughs> that was number two. And in number one was the ECW Zombie. Remember him? R.I.P., yeah. sadly. But yes, that was the uh, the infamous rehash of ECW on Sci-Fi, and in the very first match ever, the first wrestler who came out it wasn't was, even really a match. It was the zombie. Yeah, Sandman came to the ring with a Singapore cane, beat the shit out of him, beat him with the uh, the side Russian leg sweep, which was the white Russian leg sweep as he called it, and that was it. Never saw him again except on Indies. And then, of course, they also pointed out that, oh, are we missing a certain wrestler? Well, fear not, because they gave him a list all of his own. The top six jobs the boogeyman could do when he's done wrestling. Uh, at number six, we have Dancer, because we've all seen him move, right? <laughs> uh, number five is Antler Model. Remember his OVW look with the antlers? Yeah. Uh, number four was Midget Scarecrow. Remember when he scared the midgets? One of them jumped into Teddy Long's arms. Yeah. Uh, for number three is Worm Wrangler. We all know. He likes to eat them. Uh, number two is Timepiece Demolition Service. Because he loves to destroy clocks. And number one is Oral Surgeon. Because he bit the giant mole thingy off Julian Hall's face and ate it. Which was awful because it was clearly like plastic and rubber and he wasn't doing anything to it. He's chewing it. 
So, reached out to the community, got some responses. Uh, An example of bad from Renee Cianci. The Ministry of Darkness kidnapping Stephanie. Where to, Stephanie? (laughs) Yeah, that was not very good. Remember then he did that with uh, Teddy Long? Buckle up, Teddy. Wasn't his impact. Uh, Matt Hardman has, for good, he said Kevin Sullivan in the Dungeon of Doom. Because Taskmaster was pretty good. Uh, For bad, he said everyone else that was in the Dungeon of Doom. We talked about that on a recent patron show. The Dungeon of Doom in the War Games match and just how shitty all the members are. Uh, Jay Winger has a good and bad here. For good, Bray Wyatt and the Fiend with the Firefly Funhouse. But the bad is the Swamp Cult Bray with Sister Abigail. And then Randy Moyer said good, Gangrel, bad, Papa Shango. Although I disagree that Papa Shango was actually bad. He was hokey. But I don't know if I would say. Yeah, that I think he was bad. good until like he, he was before, until he made him start doing voodoo stuff. I mean, he did make the ultimate warrior vomit. Also, didn't he like make black goo come out of Mean Gene's head? Some, somebody's head, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was Mean Gene. Maybe I don't remember, but yeah, some weird stuff. Weird, weird stuff. But that era was weird, so it is what it is. But yeah, you guys will get to hear us review Halloween Havoc 91 on this week's patron show, and I hope you guys are going to enjoy it, because it's the first time I've ever seen the Chamber of Horrors match, and I got lots to say. Oh, do I have things to say. Speaking of things to say... Should I assign some points? Yeah. Also on the Patreon show, I might read the entire entry from Rest of Crap. Which one? Oh, the... Chamber of Horrors match. Classic oh. entry and Rest of Crap. Oh, that'll be fun. We can do that. You want to do some points or some consequences? Yeah, let's go for it. This week's game is titled... Handicapped. Yeah, I'm a little worried about how this is going to go down. With quotations on it, it is you see somebody without a handicap placard in a handicapped spot, you are about to call a towing service, and then you see, and you realize they must actually. Yeah. Yeah, I decided to just go for it. I said, I said, all I could say is be careful. <laughs> Let's see how careful they were. All right. Your first entry, a driver's license for one Antonio M. Figueroa. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, you know what that means. They are most certainly we totted. That would do it. There's your points. You have points. Ooh, not a thousand points, just a hundred. Jeez. 
I was about to hit send, but noticed a Dukakis for President sticker was still there. So, I really, really, really was hoping no one was going to go political. It's not political. This is, he ran for president in 1988. Oh, I know. Uh, Hold on. I'm getting there. But in this case, and what a, uh. This was a 32-year <laughs> And the fact that this would still exist would actually be funny. Therefore... There's, there's 100% people out there with 30-plus-year-old freaking election stickers on their shit still. Yeah. Therefore, this one was actually funny and will be allowed to get points. Oh. And I should note that he is still alive. Yes, he is. I had to look that shit up. I was like, damn, is he still even alive? Yes, he is. Sure is. So, yeah, you can give that one points. Well, the Flat Earth Society pamphlet was a pretty major clue. Points. I don't care about... A lot of prevailing different opinions, but if you flat out present the fact that you think the Earth is flat, then you can park in any handicap space on the planet. Well, the Earth is flat, then. I get to park right in front of the door of a store? Hell yeah. I'll act dumb. The driver's severed leg is propped up against the seat. Well, (laughs) they went into the store still. I mean, yeah. You're just a human leg, not even a fake one, just the leg. Well, that went a different direction than I expected, so points. I didn't even notice that when I was doing it. Oh, my God. There's a blow-up doll clearly buckled into the front passenger seat. Is, was that the same car with the Antonio driver's license? He wanted to use the HOA lane. Is it dressed like Ashley Massaro? Or now Alexa Bliss? The way the way Ashley looks today. Oh. Oof. Oof. Big oof. Big oof. That's points. <laughs> All right, next is the license plate reads KVN NSH. <laughs> and I assume that the driver is nursing a torn quad. Ah, oh, come on. You had me at KVN NSH. That was funny. And then you had to just go for the quad reference. You'll get your points, but if you had just cut it off at KVN NSH, you probably would have gotten an earmark. Sometimes the joke is funny without the explanation. It was the never-ending story seat covers and the iHeart SpongeBob bumper sticker that gave it away. That's kind of mean, actually. 
What's wrong with the never-ending story? Also, I don't really care for SpongeBob, but that's kind of... Aw. I don't know. I don't like this one. So, I'm afraid I'm going to have to say no points. Just ask. Zero I points. I don't really get that one. Like, Speaking of which, here comes one that's probably going to get zero points. I don't want to set you up, but it's probably going to get zero points. It just says micro penis. Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. Care to guess? Image? Nope. Alice? Yes. No. Points. Dude, are you even trying anymore? This guy used to be first place at one point. He's not even trying anymore. You know why? Because he would do like the the dumbass entries and would pop us. So now he just thinks that he can do it every time. Uh, and now for an entry, I'm pretty sure it's not actually an entry, but hey. The fuck did I just read? And then it, it added the swaggy P what the fuck meme gift. <laughs> Is this a new person? As far as I know, they're pretty new. Well, you know what? Let's put them on the board. Give them points. Welcome to the game. You have no idea what you just did, and you're probably not even listening to this podcast to know that you so just So they're going to win the drawing at the end of the year. Oh, that would be funny. With, the, with the one game played. Could you just Can you just tell me who this is? What this their name Mario is? Mario Cipriano. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that name. Hi, Mario. Uh, yeah. Come on. Welcome to the game. You're, you're late into it, and you weren't even trying. Yeah, let's give him points. That's funny. All right. The WWE parking sticker on the window had a name printed on it. The name? Kevin Dunn. Trying too hard. <laughs> Trying too hard to pop me on Kevin Dunn. No points. You will see if no points. God have mercy on your soul. It's now time for the chase. Owen Z! He might be back for Tag League. He is not there right now. Yay! They're literally just doing... You know what's young... funny is I really don't give two shits about Chase Owens at all. It just... We just incorporated it into as a thing. It's because at a Wrestle Kingdom, he pinned somebody and Tiger Hattori slapped the mat five times. See, literally the only reason. Well, the season parking pass for the New York Jets on the dashboard might have been an indication of an issue. You asshole. How dare you? That is my team. And they suck uh, you were so bad. But you're Cowboys. Man. I have two teams. We've had this conversation. Dude, you're not even you don't even football, bro. I've always had two teams. And they both suck ass. So you take your points. And fuck off. <laughs> Asshole. I was just about to call someone when I saw in their journal something about Vince McMahon would make a great president of the United States. I mean, that would definitely be a... <laughs> yeah, that's points. We'll just sign everyone to exclusive. It just signs everything to exclusive. 
<laughs> he had just signed to an exclusive country. Yeah. I was until I saw a sticker that said peeing out windows is okay. <laughs> Is this Shin? No, but it's definitely about Shin. Uh, but it's not actually him? But it's not him. Okay, you can take your points then. If it was Shin, I was going to bury it. This one is a call-out. The next one's a call-out too. Because it's a penultimate entry. I decided not to call when I noticed a raggedy, tattered, stuffed animal squirrel doll inside. <laughs> oh, that's an earmark. <laughs> That's an earmark since it's been ultimate. It's your winner, unless this one gets you. Which it might. When I see the it's pork roll bumper sticker. No, but that's still gonna get points. That's not gonna be the winner, but that'll get points. It's Taylor you Ham, you South Jersey bastard. Well, you had one earmark. Oh, the stuffed squirrel, yes. Yeah, that's your winner. So your winner calling out CJ. It's not CJ. It was Joey Image. <laughs> I actually was going to say, was that Matt? Nope. It wasn't even his brother. Oh, that's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah, I, I, I like that one. That turned out way better than I thought it was going to be. And the o only entry that was political ended up actually being funny. So, okay. I, I That turned out better than I thought it would. But I I was a little nervous about that game. Not going not gonna to lie. Three people got zero points. Two of them in a row. Well, then they shouldn't have sucked. Damn. <laughs> And big ups to uh, Mario Cipriano for joining the game against his will. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, so before we went on the air, Dan told me that there was one that he believed wasn't going to be an entry. And when he said that, I was thinking in my head, like, maybe I'll just award it points to be funny. And then when I found out what it was, it actually was funny. <laughs> it's like, you know what? And it was right just after micropenis, too. See, see, Ellis, you should be ashamed of yourself that he got points and you didn't. Like, And he probably only got points because he was looking at your entry. You and should be ashamed. Ashamed. Your mother and I are disappointed in you. That's my favorite, when you're not their father. And you say that. Your mother and I are disappointed in you. Oh my goodness. Well, that did turn out better than I thought it would. Uh Also, I just we just got some uh late breaking news in the world of wrestling. Apparently Len Rossi has passed away. Lived to be 91. So, I mean that's that is unfortunate, of course, because any loss in wrestling is a loss. But 
he did live to be 91 legendary Tennessean wrestler I'm looking at the uh the article here that I just saw it is actually from the Tennessean news article originally from Utica New York he was a headliner in the NWA from the 50s through the 70s and he Oh, he lost a cancer battle at 91. That is really a, really a shame. <clears throat> he held 14 World Tag Team Championships and the NWA Junior Heavyweight title and the North American Junior Heavyweight title. He started pro wrestling in 1950. And he was one of the first wrestlers to integrate the sport when he took on Bearcat Brown an African-American as a partner in the 1960s in Birmingham, Alabama. They were partners for years. He was inducted into the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2004, retired in 1972 after an automobile accident sadly injured him. But he did get to tag team with his son Joe, a standout wrestler from Maplewood High School in 1971, a year before his career ended. NWA Hall of Fame in 2016 and became a health food store owner. He sold a line of his own vitamins and he started that in 1972 right after his career ended. So he stayed busy. Good for him. Legendary wrestler Len Rossi has passed away. Of course, sad news, but he definitely got to live his dream and he got to live a nice long life. Rest in power, sir. And that will conclude this week's free Wrestle Talk. Patrons will get their bonus show, which we will record right after this. The rest of y'all, now nah, you can just piss off till next week. Happy birthday to Eddie Guerrero and to Michael Simsack and also John Lennon. And we will see you guys next week. Maybe uh, Dan will pick an offensive game so he can get to award some points who knows mm. <laughs> maybe i will maybe i will see you next week <laughs>